Hi, this is Sophia Ruan Goucher, author of A to Z of Detoxing, the ultimate guide to reducing our toxic exposures, and host of this Practical Non-Toxic Living podcast. Welcome. People often ask me about the benefits of practical non-toxic living. For example, they wonder which kinds of symptoms or health benefits my clients notice from detoxing chemicals, heavy metals, and EMFs from what they buy, own, and do. If you're curious about one person's experience, then this podcast is thought-provoking. My guest is Ariana Ost-Martz. Ariana studied at the Parsons School of Design in both New York City and Paris, and went into fashion and jewelry design after graduating. However, in 2006, Ariana's mother was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer at the age of 52. The doctors estimated that she had six months left to live. Ariana's mother chose to not pursue chemotherapy and to search for ways to optimize her life quality. This led her to change her diet detox chemicals from most household products, filter her water and air, and detox everything she could, like her cleaning products, beauty products, and many more things. In this podcast, you will hear Ariana's experience, lessons learned, and perspective on the power of natural healing and how empowered her mother felt from her practical non-toxic lifestyle. Ultimately, Ariana's mother extended her life by an extra three and a half years, defying the odds of someone diagnosed with her stage of cancer. She also enjoyed an elevated quality of life, healing, and was glowing, as you'll hear in the podcast. After her mother's passing in 2009, Ariana became committed to sharing her story and the many accessible opportunities for us to heal ourselves. To honor her mother, Ariana started the New York City-based Ariana Ost Lifestyle brand. Ost is her mother's maiden name, so her brand's name, Ariana Ost, is a way to carry on her mother's name and the creativity she instilled in Ariana. Since her father became her business partner, their company also helps Ariana spend more time with her father and to create a legacy for her children. Ariana Ost is known for its jewelry approach to decorative and healing objects for you and your home. For example, you'll hear Ariana talk about how she uses crystals in her home, in her baths, and you'll hear her use one of her tuning forks towards the middle of the podcast as she explains how these vibrations can affect us in different ways like rev us up or soothe our nervous system. Her team sources healing crystals from all over the world to bring joy to people and their spaces and to make a positive energetic impact. You can find some of these beautiful pieces in retailers like ABC Home in Manhattan and online on various retailers like Urban Outfitters or on her website at www.arianaost.com. And Ariana Ost is spelled A R. I-A-N-A-O-S-T. The exquisite pieces incorporate Ariana's love for yoga, mindfulness, and healing energy from crystals, sound, and vibrations. It's been an honor getting to know Ariana, her father, their story, and their work. We were introduced through someone who is a stranger to me. This person heard me speak at a wellness event, emailed me later, and wrote, I really think you would enjoy meeting Ariana. 
So I did, and I'm so glad for this unexpected connection. I hope you enjoy learning Ariana's story as much as I do, and I highly recommend that you visit her website at www.ariana.ost.com. If listening to my conversation with Ariana inspires you to detox chemicals, heavy metals, and EMFs from what you buy, own, and do, then consider the following helpful resources to support you. I'm going to mention four. First is my book, A to Z of Detoxing, The Ultimate Guide to Reducing Our Toxic Exposures. It's an invaluable reference book that every household should have. You'll learn a science-based overview of why we should reduce our toxic exposures and why every little change you make can have a big impact. It also shares tips for detoxing chemicals and heavy metals from your cleaning products, personal care products, diet, home furnishings, and children's things. It teaches an informational framework to help you develop an informed common sense when shopping and decluttering. It also introduces how EMFs from our technology creates complex risks to our health, development, and reproductive outcomes. Second is the EMF Detox Workbook, Checklist to Recover from Electromagnetic Exposure. It was published in September 2020. It is an excellent resource to help you identify the simple things you can do to reduce your EMF exposure. Or another way to think about it is that the workbook helps you to create EMF recovery times so that you're more resilient for the EMF exposures that you can't avoid. Third, the Home Detox Workbook, Checklist to Eliminate Toxic Chemicals, was published around the same time as the EMF Detox Workbook in September 2020, and this contains checklists to help you identify simple ways to detox your home's air, dust, hands, water, and sleep. Both workbooks contain pages for you to track your notes because the more you learn about practical non-toxic living, the more details you'll want to organize. Last, both workbooks were designed to complement my online monthly membership that's titled Essential Detox. It contains videos to help you onboard those you live with. It also is another way for learners who are visual to process the information and it provides context for the checklists that are both available online in the Essential Detox as part of the monthly membership or separately in the printed workbooks that you can buy on Amazon. The Essential Detox also contains an online community where you can benefit from Q&A. In my conversation with Ariana, you'll hear us talk about detoxing your baseline experience. Just remember that the EMF Detox Workbook, Home Detox Workbook, and the Essential Detox will guide you through an elimination diet of toxic chemicals, heavy metals, and EMFs to detox your normal. The Essential Detox is $37 a month, and you can learn more on my website at www.nontoxicliving.tips and through my newsletter. Join the newsletter by texting the word DETOX, spelled D-E-T-O-X, to 66866. Now on with the show, which was recorded in my New York City home in December 2019. 
Thank you, Chris Robertson, for producing this podcast. And of course, please do not interpret anything in this podcast as medical advice. I hope Ariana's experience just opens you to healthy changes that are very accessible, new ideas for elevating your everyday life, and more things that you can explore with your trusted healthcare professionals. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So, um... I am so excited to talk more about your story. Thank you. I was nervous that I had to communicate it because mm-hmm. I wanted to be really respectful about, you know, personal experience. But we, I loved, I remember the first time we spoke so clearly with mm-hmm. your dear father. And I was just so touched by your family experience with what led you into practical non-toxic living and healing and creating healing spaces and you designed such beautiful things for our homes that are very aligned with what i value and my aesthetic but if you don't mind i'd love to start with your story your background sure yeah. with your mother and how that affected you and your father and led you to where you are now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready and happy to share and it's all a journey and, you know, wellness is a very holistic experience. So I feel like it touches every part of your life and that kind of then blossoms. So just a little background. I'm a designer by training. I went to Parsons. I studied in Paris. I was always very inspired by fashion. But then as life experiences, which I'll discuss, it really got me into wellness. And I just realized how important that was. And I was trying to find a way to merge all of the wellness rituals I've embraced and all of the knowledge that I have into my creative talent as well. So I feel like we're at a good place now with the brand where it's really a lifestyle brand and platform where there's content and there's tools to embrace healing rituals in a more aesthetic way. And the mission is to elevate the everyday because it is about the everyday, the present moment, you know, what you have and what you do. So just as far as the story with my mother that, you know, we had shared, um, and I remember being so fascinated with your story as well and how aligned things are. And when life experiences change, like when you became a mother, it forces you to dig deeper. And that's what we're all doing essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2006, my mother was diagnosed with stage 3B4 lung cancer, given six months to live. You know, and you kind of get that call and it's doom and gloom. Like she didn't know what was happening. She was a little bit short of breath and thought maybe, you and know, how old it, was she? she at that point was 52, mm-hmm. young. And she just thought maybe it was like, you know, end of spring, maybe she had a pneumonia or something. Like, why? Would she be a little short of breath? Like it wouldn't even cross her mind that it was cancer, mm-hmm. and you know, so lung cancer. Run in your family? No, uh, there was no cancer in our family. I mean, it's also hard to know because her family were Holocaust survivors, so you you kind of wouldn't know all the information. Right. But her parents never had anything like that, and she basically lung cancer. You don't get screened, so. You have to have an x-ray in order to do that. It's not a typical protocol for people to get screened with lung cancer. So you get very late diagnosis on a general basis, which is something we also need to boost awareness on that if you feel you know, short of breath, because you're asymptomatic, you have two lungs, and by the time you feel anything, it's kind of late. 
so you're given this diagnosis and what do you do with that? You know, it's like, oh my God, you have six months to live. It's like your life was just put on pause. You can't make any other plans. Everything stops, everything changes. And the doctors, unfortunately, were not very helpful. It's very doom and gloom. You can do chemotherapy and it may extend your life by six months, but the quality of your life is going to be awful and it's not going to cure you. It can extend. So are those symptoms worth it? So she went to 16 different doctors, inoperable. Her tumors were inoperable because they were like spread out throughout the lining. So there, there were no answers. So basically we started saying the first thought that came to our mind is what about going macrobiotic or vegan, you know, before you know anything about it. And we went to eat at Zen Palette that night, which was still there in Union Square. And it, it was a different time. And there was online research, but we went into Barnes and Noble and just came out with like stacks of books on health and cancer and what is it and started to learn everything. And my dad really took charge in the research department because he, you know, ran a business, very organized. So he was taking it like a real project. And they decided to say, we're not going to do chemotherapy. We're going to reject the doctors. She had signed up for her first session because the doctors kind of force you. And um, she was going to go through, yeah, yeah. She was going to go through with ordering a wig and think about losing your hair, which is your identity, your vision, your aesthetic. And um, my mother was a redhead. She had this gorgeous head of red hair. And I didn't get that, but she was very iconic for that. So the thought of losing your hair is just is in its own right, you know, an awful thing to think about. And she was trying to get a wig and how would she look? And then they decided, you know what? we're going to put it off. We're not going to do it. She didn't show up for her chemotherapy appointment. And then she started researching and finding natural doctors, holistic healers, nutritionists, and she became vegan. She eliminated all processed foods from her diet. And at this time in 2006, there was not the knowledge that we all have now and whole foods everywhere and like vegan restaurants. There was Candle Cafe and there was like underground knowledge, hippie movement. It was very like you know, Sue and like, you felt like you were at a health place today. It's, it's very French. Yeah, yeah, it was. So she became vegan, but besides like what you eat, you realize it's everything on and around you. So it's your environment. And should we got crazy air filters and water filters? And you start to realize like, oh my God, there's a problem with everything. And you don't want to live in a bubble. You don't want to be in fear. You don't want to be an alarmist, but when you're trying to heal something and you realize what causes cancer, you know, sugar feeds cancer. What are all these foods that have added sugars or turn into sugar? How do you slow down that process? How do you not feed those cells? And then with toxins in your air, in your, you know, and especially with lung cancer, it's about what you're breathing. So maybe it was all the cleaning chemicals that she used. She smoked a little bit when she was in her twenties, but not in a way to get lung cancer. Like that was at that time, everyone kind of did that. So we were trying to figure out, you know, what is it? So we changed all our cleaning products to natural cleaning products. And again, the offering was not the way that it is today, which is so amazing how far we've come. So we put air filters, we put water filters, we started eliminating things from her diet. And every time she went to her appointment, it was stable, stable, stable. And we're like, Wow. And that was surprising. The that doctors, was, the were, doctors were, they were very negative. You know, now at this time too, we realize negativity, emotions, how you feel, attitude. That was very negative experience because every time she went to the doctors, she got dejected because they would 
downplay what she said. Oh, maybe you're the one out of the statistic. And she said, what about what I'm doing? Can I share it with you? Can I tell you? They had no interest. But all her CAT scans kept being stable, stable, stable. And it's like she had a thing that was supposed to take her out in six months. And now this was going. She ended up living for three and a half years, looking amazing, glowing. And she she found such fulfillment in this research and health and knowledge. And she ended up helping so many people and enlightening so many people. And so, so many, she, she yeah. it sounds like she was getting very empowered. She was. So and it wasn't a, I'm sure there yeah, were yeah. moments it was overwhelming and upsetting, but net, net, she was empowered because I imagine cancer it's such an overwhelming thing. You can't control there's suddenly mm -hmm. there's so much you don't know and to find this path of being able to detox easy things around you in your home your diet that must feel empowering so she was extremely empowered but every time she had a doctor's appointment she had a setback emotionally because they don't give credit like hey you're doing a good job keep up whatever you're doing it's like no you should still try the chemo and you should still do this yeah. and they're just trained and they didn't care about nutrition and they you know she would say i became vegetarian i'm vegan i'm not eating meat and you know i could explain more about what those things do but like they would tell her you know it's kind of like you better get your affairs in order and you're on your last thing maybe you should go enjoy a steak dinner mm -hmm. and this is what the doctor said to her i was there i'm not saying every doctor is like that but she went to top top doctors at sloan kettering and when she had to get her tests for her diagnosis and then um before she passed at the end, she got some fluid in her lungs and it was very quick. She never suffered. And then she passed away at home with her dignity, with her grace. She was never like hospitalized, but she did have to go for some tests or fluid removal. And when we were there, you know, I walked around each floor and I felt, I mean, this is, maybe this is extreme to say, but I felt like I was in Nazi Germany because I was walking around these floors that were clinical and perfect, but like they're walking around with trays serving diet, Coke, sweet and low, equal to cancer patients. The packets say that these foods cause cancer and they're using cleaning chemicals. Like all of the things that cause cancer are in this facility because of, you know, funding or certain. And lack of, um, they're not informed. Well, even if they're informed, they say that there's no clinical research or data right. because who is going to pay to say, you know, a tomato can heal you unless it's a company that wants to pay patent lycopene as a pharmaceutical. It's all financial, unfortunately. There, you lose that human to human touch and connection, which is so important in healing and you know all that, even like we're sitting by a plant, like there's oxygen, ox, you know, you're being oxygenated, you are in an environment, you're talking to someone, you're connecting. Like there's so many elements to healing mm -hmm. that I feel like they just go by, what medicine can we give you? We're gonna put you in a room that's dark, you're not going outside, you're not moving. Like all the things that you need for healing are mm -hmm. not there. And that's mm -hmm. just an overall problem with hospitals. So like even with your work and knowledge about, you know, you go deep into construction materials and paint and pillows and all of these things. Like imagine if that knowledge were implemented at hospitals, I know. it would help the people who need it most. Cause let's say my audience, your audience, it's all people who want to make positive changes and are in a good state. You know, it's like, yeah. I could say now I live my life. We live nearby. I live with my husband, two children. I make positive choices for my environment. But when you're in a situation that you need to like mm -hmm. expedite this, 
offering and knowledge is not there. And also it's, you know, inaccessible for many people financially. We were very blessed that we were able to like get her all the supplements and go on all these visits that are not covered by insurance and go to Reiki and go to healers and nutritionists and do all of that. But for so many people, it's just not accessible. And that's really heartbreaking. Yes, but mm -hmm. part of what motivates me is that when you learn about cases like your mother, mm -hmm. or even there's a book called Radical Remission, where a PhD studied the 1500 cases oh, wow. of people who were told to go to hospice and yeah. like it's terminal and they had a spontaneous yeah, like remission. the documentary Heal on Netflix. Did you watch that? Not yet. It's amazing. Not yet. Yeah. But when you learn, so this in this one book, Radical Remission, the author identifies 10 common traits that these people who were told had terminal cancer, like there are 10 common denominators. And when you read them, you realize, well, what if I just start incorporating these ideas now? And they are accessible. It's like health, healthier eating mm -hmm. and really minimizing mm -hmm. animal-based protein and drinking filtered water and definitely the stress and negative energy and you want right. to decrease, increase positivity and, you know, very accessible things. So I think the more right. we can But talk now about that there's a book like that and making those things accessible, like, like in that time, like we also had to like go visit so many people to yeah. learn about right. this and meet with experts and right. taking the right supplements. Like now, you know, there are health food stores everywhere. There's whole foods right. everywhere. Like it's amazing. You can go in and make dietary changes. And yeah. I also just watched Game Changers on Netflix. Did you watch that? No. So it talks about professional athletes and going on a plant-based diet mm. and how their performance optimized mm. and how plants are our main source of fuel. Yeah. And um, how meat slows us down. So becoming vegetarian, like, so I'm from a Jewish family. Um, my dad is Sephardic, which is like a Middle Eastern background. My mother was Ashkenaz, but like my grandmother, it was all about cooking the meat. I've never eaten red meat. I only used to eat chicken. I've been vegetarian for like, I don't know, 12, 15 years now, more. Mm -hmm. um, but it, like when you remove that from a culture that is based on that and my grandmother's pride and joy was like rolling her food and doing all that. Yeah. When you reject that, it's hard. Like the first thing I told her is like, you know, I'm vegetarian. She's like, what do you mean? Like you can't eat fish. And I was like, I, I don't eat fish, you know? And she was just like, why? It's a vegetable. It's parv because in Judaism, there's rules of being kosher and like fish isn't considered like meat. So in her mind, she just looked at it like that. But, right. um, you know, that was hard. So you have to explain to people why why are you vegetarian? So basically, if you, people who are okay with meat, you know, they can get farm raised without the hormones or whatever and feel fine. But if you're in a state where you have, you know, a terminal cancer, basically the amount of time that meat takes to go through your digestive tract is a very long time. Your immune system, most of it is in your gut, like 80% of your immune system. So your energy is now going to digesting. So it's about how do you use your energy in your body. So if you eat plants or foods that are easy to digest, the amount of time goes down and it moves through your system and gets absorbed more quickly. So when you're sleeping, you're not digesting, your body is doing the work that it needs to do. Your body knows how to clean itself, how to get rid of cancer cells, how everybody has cancer cells. So your body's immune system is programmed to 
keep you healthy and go through all of that. When your system is overtaxed with sugar, meat, toxins, environmental you know, pollution, all that stuff, it's overtaxed and it can't do the work that it needs to do. So basically it's about removing things. That's why sometimes what you don't eat is even more important than what you do eat. Because when you remove the things that are really hard, you allow your body to thrive and eat. And you start to learn little things like give your body 12 hours every night, no food. If your last meal is at 8 p.m., don't have anything till 8 a.m. And I still go by that as much as I can because your body needs to do the work to prevent, you know, we walk around, there's colds, flus, viruses, everything all around us. But if you keep a positive, strong attitude and healthy rituals where you don't bog your system down with other tasks, you can stay elevated. And, you know, cancer cells are basically just cells that never die. They're like misprogrammed cells. So you need your immune system. It's kind of an autoimmune problem because your body isn't shedding. Our body, um, I remember on an Oprah podcast, they said something that was so interesting that, you know, you're not the same person you were a year ago or a few months ago based on a biological cell level because we're always I think like every seven years yeah you have completely new cells yeah Something so like it's that. so interesting to think yeah. that there's opportunity for change so and healing and you know the little steps that you take can have a big impact long term yeah. it's never too late I mean you yeah. can't reverse some things some but things there are, are a lot of things you can reverse or improve. Right. And I mean, I guess the biggest takeaways, you know, from my mother's condition were like, we all need support. We all need community. We all need um, people believing in what we're doing. Um, we also need knowledge and data and access. Um, and I think that like, we need to be, listen, we're in New York City. There's going to be pollution. There's going to be a lot of toxic things. But if you make your home a healing, restorative space, you can kind of, you know, balance right. your life. With my work now, what I try to do is also have things that make people feel special and are aesthetically pleasing. So I work a lot with healing crystals. Healing crystals are kind of like plants where they're pieces of the earth, they're living organisms, and they emit an energy field, a frequency, a vibration, and they can elevate the energy of your space. And the space that you're in holds a lot of emotion. So the way we use like smudging or smoke clearing or sound clearing, you can kind of make your space a sanctuary that allows you to heal, restore, rest, recharge, have positive experiences, connection. So I try to, you know, have people feel empowered with rituals. So the brand is, let's say, lifestyle, like I love yoga. Yoga has been very therapeutic for me. It moves your body in a certain way. It keeps your energy flowing, your blood, inverting, oxygenating your body. So we have decor for yoga practice to make it more mindful. We have jewelry to wear, healing crystals, things that make you feel powerful, charged. If you look at quartz, it's always in a watch or in a computer because it, it charges, it gives a charge. So if you have that around yourself, you can strengthen. So people going through hard times, different healing crystals may resonate with different people for different reasons. And that's a great tool. Having things that make you feel great, like showering, bathing, detoxing. We just launched bath crystals because when you put crystals in water, they change the hydrogen bonds and water picks up energetic patterns. So crystals have a pattern because they're living and vibrating, emanating energy. So you put that energy in your water and your 
immersing yourself in your compositional source. So our bodies are made of water and crystalline, like our bones are made of crystal. So you're kind of restoring. So when you take a bath, what are some of your favorite bath rituals? So for me, a bath is like non-negotiable every day for me. That's every like day. every day. For how long? Like 30 minutes at least. I, I would love to do an hour or plus, but you know, I, if you, 20 minutes is like the minimum for me. And, and how like hot is your water? Hot. I do it hot. And I put, now I put crystals in, I put salts in, uh, you know, the salts are very good to like help your body detox and like suck out toxins. Do you care what kind of salts? I use um, Epsom salts. Mm -hmm. I've heard people use magnesium. I've heard people put hydrogen peroxide in their water. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of different things. Um, baking soda? Baking soda. But even if it's just water, yeah, um, it's amazing because it's about going in and also knowing that you're doing something for yourself and this is your time mm -hmm. to kind of decompress, recharge. I've read some studies where they say your heart rate goes up when you're in hot water and you can build a sweat and it has the same effect as walking or running on your body. So you'll add salts, which can help detox. Yeah. And even if it's just water, it's, it's relaxing. Still, it's still relaxing and you could still detox. If you get your water hot enough, what I do is I don't put water on my face. So I go in the bath because I want to gauge how much I'm sweating. So if it's hot enough, you get that like sauna-like effect just for your face. Mm -hmm. You know your body's sweating, right. but then you can kind of like feel it. Whereas if your face has a lot of water, you don't know what's mm -hmm. the water and what's the sweat. Mm -hmm. So I, I always do that. Mm -hmm. And now I've been putting crystals in my bath and it, it feels really... So what do you, so the crystals, all you're saying they influence the patterns? Yes. So basically like crystals have properties. So let's say rose quartz, you know, can be love, peace, calming. We have ground rose quartz chips in a sachet that you put in like a tea bag and then you can reuse, or we have it in ground powder that you put in and it, a little bit goes a long way. You don't need a lot and it disperses in the water. So you're basically immersing your body in the energy patterns found in the crystal. Because you know, like water, even the water bottles that have the crystal right. have had benefits. So it's kind of the same thing. Do they, are the benefits... Yeah. They've been studied. They've been studied. There are water safe crystals. Some crystals have like certain metal properties that you would not want to put in water. So you want to be you really want to be like never put like pyrite in water because it has like um you know, some of them have aluminum, some of them have properties that you don't want to be bathing in. Rose quartz is safe, amethyst is safe, citrine quartz. Water in general holds a lot of energetic patterns like you know those studies even of sand how when you move them with frequency they go into geometric patterns mm, no. you ever seen that so water does the same thing if you take water molecules and you put a sound or a vibration you see like if you look at it with a microscope that the patterns change so crystals have specific patterns that are beneficial to you your body your environment and when you put those in the water your water is now charged elevated almost like holy water it's like how quickly will the water adapt quickly, immediately? Yeah, the water, it's very resilient. So it changes the hydrogen bond. So basically it's- And how improving. does that affect your body if it it's immersed? It's immersed. So it's it has like the, you get the benefits of what the crystal is. So quartz can like strengthen you up. It's also for healing, like the healing crystals have properties. So whatever those properties are, you're essentially- immersing yourself besides because just we're made of like we're made of water and crystal and also like our um you know our pineal gland in the back of our head is like um 
an antenna or like our third eye. Like there's crystal found in parts of our brain. So it's a receptor. So it's kind of like even a magnetic connection mm -hmm. that we have, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much that we don't even know yet yeah. fully or understand. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we know at this point that it's beneficial. Like, So I have your lovely sound healing crystal kit, mm -hmm. which is beautiful. But I have to say, I... I'm not really sure how to use it. And I would love for you to share. Yeah. So basically we work with the scientist who founded a sound healing company called Biosonic. So basically so beautiful. So this is a hand dish uh, with a quartz. Fits really nicely in your hand. You know, you can kind of cup it and hold it. So the quartz is strength. Tuning forks release the sound. So some tuning forks you use just with other tuning forks, but crystals have a sound and a vibration because they're alive. So we're basically unleashing that energy and we're allowing our body to absorb it. So the way that our nervous system works is, you know, if people say, I'm revved up, I'm worked up, I'm high strung, I'm, you know, you feel like that anxiety, that tension, your nervous system is like, you know, when you have anxiety, you hear it in your ears you want to come to a calm place. So the sound that's released by the crystals and the tuning forks, your nervous system can match. Our bodies pick up vibration. That's why let's say if I see you and you're in a great mood, it'll recharge me in a great way. But with sound, it works on your nervous system. So you become in alignment and resonate with what you hear. If you hear a loud honking horn outside, you get revved up but if you hear sounds that are calming they can calm your nervous system and bring you into a place of harmony resonance balance so you can tap this lightly you can tap it hard and you kind of close your eyes and let the sound move through you and you start to feel like you know you're you're connecting with it you're tuning in you're tuning and do you have an intention when you close your eyes and sit with the sound? i mean with everything you do you should have an intention behind everything that you do but the intention is you know you want the highest good for yourself for others and you want to be in balance i want to bring light into my body positive vibration so that i can feel good be good serve do well, continue to shine. Like I, I use analogies of light all the time because there's like a brightness. Like some people walk in, they light up the room, they have that thing. And crystals carry light, they reflect light. And sound is also moving waves. So you want to just, you know, lighten yourself in many so ways. So for how long do you have to... This is kind of a tool for meditation and it can be quick. Let's say in the could morning, be a minute. it could be a minute and it, you're, it, it has effects. Like they've done brainwave studies, all kinds of data to show how quickly the sound affects our body. Mm -hmm. That's why if you look at ancient cultures, like a lot of religions in the morning had these bells and sounds mm -hmm. because it, it wakes you up. It starts your day. It brings you on an alertness. So how do you know, could it stimulate some people and soothe others? Yes. Yes. Okay. Everybody reacts differently. Every day is a different day, a different color, a different feeling. So some days you may want a loud wake up. Some days you may want a soft soothing. And you kind of have to get to know yourself to know what you need. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to know what feels good. Maybe once you do it and it's too loud. Mm -hmm. Maybe once you do it and you feel like it's not enough. So okay. it's personal to each person. Can you show us some other yeah. sounds? Like that you feel like a more perked up, yeah. you know?
and it has overtones, it rings. And then you can kind of just bring it down and like meditate. Do your children use it? Yeah, they love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun because they see it's cause and effect. You know, they yeah. tap something and they get a sound. So it's positive. Children love music. They love energy. I tell my children all the time that their energy is contagious. Energy is contagious. Mm -hmm. And they need to think about the energy they're putting out there because there's like a boomerang effect. Well, it is too. <laughs> and even for me, like, you know, we could all speak and we all know this, but when you're in that moment, like, you know, whatever mood my daughter is in, like I have a four and a half year old daughter and a one, like 15 month old son. And, um, you know, like if they're whining and if they're complaining, you're just like, oh my God. You know, and I try to be like, you know, because sometimes you come home and you're burnt out at the end of the day yeah. and now you have to make dinner and do this whole routine and you don't have the patience. Whereas some days you wake up and you're like, you know what, we're going to have fun. I'm going to turn this around. And with mm -hmm. children, it's so easy to turn, turn the channel. Yeah. If they're whining, you could just say, let's dance. And they'll just do it. Yeah. They don't hold things. Yeah. They move so quickly yeah. through like mood. water. It is. Yeah. Like emotions, they just go. But like as adults, we hold it. Like, oh, you're going to whine. I'm going to now like up it, and battle you. And you know, it, yeah. becomes, it's how you react to things. And that's the bottom line with life. The only thing that you can control is your reaction and your attitude. So if you go in with a positive approach, and even for people who, let's say, going back to becoming vegetarian or vegan or changing your diet or changing your home, you can go in and say, wow, I'm so excited to do this. I feel amazing. Or other people say, oh, I can't eat meat. I can't yeah. do this. I can't do that. And that negativity, you know, your body feels it. And like yeah. the way that you digest food also ancient cultures always did like grace before meals, prayers before meals and eating together. Mm -hmm. When you eat with other people, you feel more relaxed, you digest yeah. better, you feel appreciative about your food. Whereas if you eat and you're tense and you're in a rush, your body's not going to accept mm -hmm. it as much. And I recorded a podcast with Jill Blakeway who, re who wrote energy medicine. Oh. It's a book on the science that now right. exists on energy and how it can heal. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, there are machines that have proven that like when our brain and our hearts are aligned and we're feeling love, it, mm -hmm. like my electromagnetic field from my heart can influence yours. Yes. So it, it really, I mean, well, energy truly is contagious. It is contagious. And that's why when you go to a party, you know, you could tell who different people are. Like some person you go up and say, hi, how are you? And you get just like a bad vibe. And yeah. I'm also a little like, I'm a bit of an empath. So mm -hmm. I absorb other people's energy, mm -hmm. which I've become more aware of. About and I try to put on like, you know, I do meditation in the morning where I just imagine like waves of light going up and down my spine and kind of being like lit up and full and try to not let any other darkness penetrate. Like black tourmaline's a great stone to protect against negativity, drama, EMF waves. Do you use shungite? Uh, yeah, shungite's yeah. also really good. We have what we have shungite in our bath crystal set, mm -hmm. so you could it's a good detox stone too. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go back to yep. the detoxing and mm -hmm. ask, as 
you, your father and your mother mm -hmm. were detoxing your lives and diet. How quickly did you notice benefits? You started noticing immediately, like when you connect and believe in what you're doing, you feel excited about it and connected. And, you know, at that time, Candle Cafe was like the only restaurant that could accommodate all of my mother's needs because one of her nutritionists told her, you can't eat heated oil because it becomes carcinogenic. Mm -hmm. And all the other, even at that time, vegan vegetarian restaurants weren't as health oriented. Mm -hmm. So she had to have steamed food, boiled food, baked, you know, but she felt it right away because she lost weight. The color in your face starts changing. You mm -hmm. start glowing, you start being more light, you start feeling better. And I guess it's also that mind heart connection too. that electromagnetic field starts to grow because you're also, it's self love and self care. And when you're doing those things for yourself, people start to respect you more because you're taking a position things are non-negotiable. And we felt the effects very quickly. At first you feel overwhelmed and anxious and kind of scared and unsure. Then once you start, once we started seeing the data responses of like stable, 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 no growth. And like, it, it was like, you know, it's like you won the lottery. Like you went to a test and you were like, oh my God, like this is working. And it starts making you connect and believing more mm -hmm. to what you're doing. And that was validation. It's validation to keep going. And also like you felt the detox effects of what you were doing. Like you just started to realize that everything is toxic. And once you change your like cleaning chemicals and don't use the beauty products that have all the crap and smells, once you start to see that stuff again, you get like a reaction to it because yeah. your body has detoxed from it. And yeah. then you're like more sensitive. Like now laundry detergent. Oh my God. I'm so sensitive to the so smell. I mentioned earlier before we mm -hmm. went live with yeah. the public that I've been working on this Ruan detox immersion and it's like an elimination diet right. of our toxic exposures. Oh, that's great. So, and I often think about when I was fragrance free for a few years, mm -hmm. didn't notice the benefit until I was re-exposed because I was on an airplane sitting near the bathroom. And when the bathroom door would open, oh I had God. this strong smell of fragrance from the cleaning products. And then I would get stuffy and itchy and feel like nausea. I get nauseous. Yeah. I get nauseous. And I start to think, oh, I used to feel this way all the time. And you don't connect it. You don't connect it. So it was my normal. And I had detoxed You have a normal. different baseline. You have a different baseline and you don't really notice until you're re-exposed. And you know, it's funny, like years ago now at this point, like I used to get some headaches or sometimes my stomach would hurt or I would feel weird. And then you stop feeling all of those things that you think were normal because you're like, okay, I'll take Motrin, I'll take Advil, I'll take this. Like every Everybody gets headaches, everybody gets, you know, a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But then when you stop getting any of those things and you just start feeling truly clear headed, laser focused, it's like you can never go back. Like once you experience back. how that yeah. feels, for me, like the smell of laundry detergents, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. Or like if I walk into a place and I smell like chlorine or but you, Windex. You, did you know you were sensitive before you did? Never knew, yes, never knew. I had no idea. I just, and I used to wear like, cause like perfumes are so romantic and luxurious. I haven't worn perfume in like, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, first of all, my husband hates it. Like he's sensitive to smell also. So I just use like essential oils Me and too. you know, essential oils have a smell, but they, they make you feel great. Like if you walk through a department store and you have to go somewhere else and you go to that beauty floor and they're just like smell 
spraying perfume everywhere, it's like a bomb. Yeah. It's And do you notice symptoms that get triggered? Yeah, I just like my head like I just start to feel like off or like if you go to sleep on like bed sheets that have like a really sm- strong smell and you're like right. sleeping the whole night, you just like wake up and you feel like off a little bit. Even though you slept well and you're mm-hmm. okay, um you become more in touch with yourself mm-hmm. and understand what your triggers are. Even with foods and additives and like, you know, if food is too greasy to sweet. Like I notice sugar too affects me. I can still have some, like if it's like a good piece of chocolate or things like that. But if like I ate some like processed, you know, you start to just feel that sugar for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you have a ritual for when you stay in a hotel? Is there anything you do to make your sleep environment be more comfortable? I mean, again, like when I go to a hotel, I'm usually excited to be there. So that's a huge thing. We make good choices about where we're staying. And I make sure my room always has a bathtub because as long as I like take my bath before I go to bed, I'm generally good. I bring lavender oil or balance oil by doTERRA and kind of just do it. And it is what it is. I haven't really experienced bad smells at hotels. I don't know if it's because of where I stay or because, you know, the mental interest or knowing that it's temporary, but I do notice differences when I go to certain people's homes and I stay there and they use strong detergents, like those blue detergents with the smell, you know, I do notice. So even like my son, he would get some eczema if he wore like clothes that had regular detergent. And I don't know if it's that he didn't build the resistance because I always use natural detergent, mm-hmm. or if it really is that toxic, when you put it on somebody pure, you see the effects. Yeah. My seven-year-old has very sensitive skin, skin but I, I tell her it's just so communicative. And so when she develops a rash, always around Halloween, because of all the sugar and all oh. the candy, I always say, thank you, skin, for telling us. Let's correlate this. Yeah. Too much sugar, yeah. So it's also... Could it be the costumes too? Totally. Like the, totally. you know, the materials that they use. Yeah, but I think the sensitive people are like canaries in the coal mine that can inform so many others. And I think also for me, what's fascinating, which we didn't know about much back when my mom was sick, but it wasn't as much of a problem then. Like, I know you're big on like the digital detox and the EMFs and the plugs and the wavelengths. And I find that really interesting because for work, I run my own Instagram and pictures and website and answer emails. So now I'm wearing the blue light glasses when I use my phone, but I find sometimes if I'm on my phone too much, I get nauseous. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 And I've become more sensitive. I I notice that even if I stop being in front of the digital screen around 3 p.m., it still disrupts my sleep. So it doesn't affect my sleep. I just start, I just feel like a little bit off. But I I mentioned it to the um, scientist that we work with on the sound healing, and he gave us all the information that I shared on the bath crystals. But his answer was so interesting. He said, the children that are born into this era, because he talks about all these, everything he looks at is through sound. So he's like, all these EMFs cause a buzz and a vibration and the mm-hmm. Wi-Fi, they all have this frequency. So the people being born now are being born immersed in that and tuned in. They have immunity towards it. Whereas if you were born at a time where all this stuff didn't exist and now it's coming on, mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have like 
immunization You're towards more it. Likely to. So they're okay with all of that stuff. Whereas we're a little more sensitive, but he said for survival of the fittest and everything throughout nature is about evolution. These things exist and they're part of our world. So yes, you can make your home safer and better and allow yourself to detox, but you need to build your strength and resistance to be out in the world because you walk everywhere. These phone signals and towers are part of life. So we need to survive to be the fittest and our bodies can adapt. I agree with that. I just think the prevalence mm -hmm. and intensity and like the technology is so innovative. It is. There's like there's 3G, 4G, 5G. There are layers of different new frequencies we mm -hmm. live with 24 seven mm -hmm. and it just can overwhelm your system. Like we were saying earlier, yeah. you need to give your sleep the opportunity to restore and repair. And so I, I definitely believe in what he's saying, but also evolution mm -hmm. takes time. It does. And so I've tried to make my home as low EMF as possible, but it's, you know, it's still high. No, can you, just, I just always found it so fascinating, the information that you shared about like detecting the EMFs and how you shut your whole Wi-Fi system at night. Like maybe those tips would be really helpful. Yeah. So I think about when we're sleeping, we don't need Wi-Fi on. We don't need, mm -hmm. my husband and I, don't, we don't have jobs where we need to be available during our sleep. Mm -hmm. So airplane mode is on. Ideally, you don't have any technology in the home, but I'm not able to do that. I need it on my nightstand for a number of reasons, but I turn my phone to airplane mode and Wi-Fi off. I now start unplugging things around my sleep area, like my nightstands. Mm -hmm. And it, for me, it does affect my sleep. Everyone has a different sensitivity, just like some people, nut exposures are lethal. I'm fine with foods, but there are simple things, you know, so I share a lot more of this. Yeah, through, yeah. On your, you could find it on through your my site. program, EMF Detox, that are just simple things like that, that you won't miss, that allow more restoration and resiliency for when we go back out into the world or our office spaces where we can't control those exposures. But so when you can control it, it's nice to know what are the easy things you can do. Right. And just one rest. of the experts like that my mother had seen during her healing journey was saying, you need to, un you know, you have to unplug your alarm clock. Like you can't have a plugged in alarm clock. Also the light that's on in the room and get blackout shades. Because he was saying like, when you have cancer, your body, like for sleep to be ultimately healing and effective, like you have to be the way you were in nature, like in pure darkness and any fraction of light keeps some of your body awake and working. So they were talking about for really, really deep healing, like for what she was going through, that she needed to sleep in complete darkness, which mm -hmm. I think makes a lot of sense because that's yeah. how we always did yeah. throughout history. Yeah. So any little like lights or buttons in your room, try to put a sticker or cover on, yeah. unplug what you can, keep your room really dark and yeah. try to let your sleep really be your sanctuary and that's your body doing the work that it needs to do where you're checked out and you're just trusting how knowledgeable your body is and how we're programmed to be vibrant and heal and wake up fresh right we all know what it's like to operate after a poor night's sleep oh it's really such a struggle but if you do that chronically then your body just is not as equipped to fight cancer cells and other things that we battle all the time Mm -hmm. So 
I, I have been focusing on how do I really boost the quality of sleep. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Is there anything that you want to... Um... No, I think there... I would just like to say to everyone mm -hmm. that I think there's so much opportunity to transform mundane requirements of life into rituals that are self-soothing and healing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't take much to make a space a healing space. So, for example, I'm able... I have a closet I can walk into, and I think even just... For now, I mean, I would love to someday hang some of the beautiful mm -hmm. wall hangings you have. Yeah. Some include crystals, some don't. But for now, I just quickly put up some artwork for my ch children. But I, I know there's certain things that make me really happy. Certain yeah. things my children have made for me or written. Things or that spark joy. Things that spark joy. And you can just start surrounding yourself with things that spark joy and little pieces of beauty. It doesn't have to be a lot. Right. And that's what we try to offer. The one other thing I'll say before we close is yesterday, I was really excited. We got in, we had a project where we designed um, an intention journal. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at journaling as another healing therapeutic tool. Mm -hmm. So one of the things now is I find that people have chronic emotional issues, you know, like anxiety, depression, yeah. because we're in an isolated world that's digital, people feel more lonely. And so many people now are in therapy or have life coaches, but there are a lot of people that that's inaccessible to. But journaling, it works on the past, present, and future. So yeah. if you journal, you're basically clearing the past because yeah. you're writing out things and it's cathartic. Yes. It's a release. Yes. So when you write things, you're taking things out of your body, off your mind and putting it on the paper and releasing it. So you're letting go of the past. You can express gratitude for the present moment and document what's going on and connect, you know, to see how you're doing. And for the future, you can dream and manifest and you could start writing what you'd like. So yeah. it, intentions are like planting seeds that can kind of grow. Yes. So I think setting intentions for yourself. So let's say as a great recap, let's say for 2020, I'm saying it's about seeing clear 2020 vision, you know, like we put a little crystal grid in the front of it. We have a little healing crystal on dip dyed silk. We made honeycomb geometric pages because mm -hmm. for us, the aesthetic and the attention to detail is what sparks joy. Mm -hmm. So we want a tool that can serve for wellness with our aesthetic. So we're kind of evolving into, you know, deep lifestyle choices like sound healing, mm -hmm. bath healing, journaling, and more to come. We love collaborations. We love projects. We love learning more and anything that can improve the energy of yourself, your home, your space, your loved yeah. ones. We're on the same we, wavelength. Yes. I've been doing journals too. Yeah. Oh, because you'll I have realized, to see ours. Just came in well, yesterday. I'm sure yours are much more beautiful, but I think it's important to be able to dive more deeply into our unconscious choices. Food, for example, so deep-rooted as to why you make the choices you make. And I think if you're journaling about food, you should correlate your emotional mental state aligned with what you're eating, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, what memories maybe are associated with some of the Food is very nostalgic. It is. You know, it's comfort, it's nostalgia, it's, it's, it's very deep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think an important part of a more non-toxic lifestyle mm -hmm. is being able to acknowledge your attachments to some of your choices, which are nostalgic, can be nostalgic yes. and feel really ready to let go of it. 
Yeah, and I think everybody really has to do their own work and dig deep because nobody can do it for you. We could sit here and tell you what to do until you experience it and feel it and embrace it. It's but you have to it's want different. To you have to want. You have to have the desire and be ready. Some yeah. people are not ready, but when you're ready, right. you can always go back and sit. Like you remember the things that resonated a little bit and dig deeper. Yeah. So yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Podcast show notes can be found at my website at nontoxicliving.tips. To more easily listen to other episodes, please subscribe to the Practical Non-Toxic Living Podcast. And if you'd like to support it, then please like it and share it. Until next time.